welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We're going back to November and we're talking about all the lessons the Thunder learned during that stretch of the season. We're also going to find out who on the pod crew holds the current record for the Thunder Run video game. Find out in the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, Nick, producer Hindi, and I are continuing in our look back series, going back now to November. The Thunder were in the full swing of the season and starting to build up its identity, although the team still had a ways to go with eight new players, still trying to find its footing from game to game. Nick, I'm curious, when you look back at this month of November, which seems so long ago, what stood out to you in terms of the Thunder trying to build up its identity? I think it's fits and starts really is the phrase that comes to mind. They had these performances that were extremely encouraging. You know, you take the Lakers and the Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks down to the wire and you lose some of those games and you're finding some encouragement through that. But then you're also doing a pretty good job of protect, protecting home court as well. So I think there was this kind of hybrid balance of they're making important strides in terms of putting themselves in position to be competitive, to win games, um, but not quite getting over the hump. We saw a lot of really good offensive performances and really promising defensive performances as well, which is what allowed the Thunder to say in these games. And we'll get into the amount of close games that the Thunder was playing in a little bit later because there were a few and that was a major storyline, especially during this part of the season. But one thing that you touched on was Thunder taking care of the games at home they were doing really well they were five at two in chesapeake energy arena but on the road they were only one in five during the month of november with the first road win of the season not coming until late november against golden state which was another really close game that golden state win felt very cathartic that okay we finally were able to steal one of these they're kind of been on the schneid as they would say uh trying to win on the road but getting that come from behind victory. They were down big uh, with just like three minutes to go. SGA makes a huge steal um, and gets a finish in transition to really make this one uh, a game and in the closing seconds. So that was a crucial play in a crucial time to get the Thunder over the hump on the road. And that was one of my, my first road trips with the team. And I remember that game specifically because Steph Curry was out, obviously no Clay Thompson, Draymond Green was out at that point. And so I remember seeing this Golden State team run out of the locker room and think there are only eight players suited up for this team right now. And when you set that up against the Thunder, it what it what it should have looked like the Thunder could have handled this team pretty easily. But the game did come down to the wire and it was largely back and forth. And I remember after the game talking, we were talking to Chris Paul and he, it almost didn't hit him that that was the first road win of the season. He almost had to be reminded of that. And it's just kind of a testament to how hard this team has had to work for every single game at that point. That, those were times where the Thunder's offense was moving the ball the right way. And I think throughout the month of November, that was really the hallmark is the ball was being zipped around. Some nights they were being rewarded for it and other nights they weren't. It was really interesting to see 
kind of the fans reaction and all of the media reaction to the amount of ball movement that was happening at that point for the Thunder. And they made that a point, especially during this early part in the season when they're trying to set this new identity that we're going to move the ball. And there were two back-to-back games where the Thunder had 30 and 31 assists during that month. Five different players during the month led the team in assists, including Danilo one night, Steven one night when he had a career-high six assists against the Clippers. So we were seeing the evolution of the way that this Thunder team wanted to play. And I think fans were actually really resonating with that. They recognized the way that the Thunder was playing was different than in years past, not necessarily better or worse, but just because of the team's personnel this year, they knew that they were going to have to rely on the pass a lot more. And like you mentioned it, Steven at the high post facilitating the offense, same with Nerland. I mean, I remember Steven had a season high six assists against the Clippers. And that was just a testament to how this team was going to operate. Now, Nick, you wrote an article about this a while back. That's my quarterback. You know, these two guys up at the high post facilitating Nerland's is saying, you know, I'm a 6'11 point guard. We saw that. One of my favorite things about covering the NBA is it seems like every year there's some new terminology or new aspect to the game that you're learning about picking up on. And in years past, we didn't really hear some of the phrases that we were hearing come out of Thunder players' mouths, uh, you know, get actions, those types of things where they're coming up and grabbing the ball from a player in the high post who has it, and they're kind of operating off of those big men there and the guards are doing a lot of the movement and cutting in years past, we had seen the big men come up, they're setting screens rather than, you know, doing what's called the get actions or the split actions where the guards are screening for one another on the wings. That's always been a fun thing for me to continue to learn the game through the players and coaches. And that was something that the Thunder had to get used to. I mean, with that new style of offense, for the Thunder at least, and then along with eight new faces, like you mentioned, it was a lot of start and go trying to get this in the motion and really set up an identity. And that kind of leads into the next big storyline, I guess, to follow the Thunder through this part of the season, which was it seemed like third quarters were a big issue for the Thunder during this part of the season. It's always hard to make adjustments in game, and that's something that teams learn how to do together collectively. Uh, And so, again, as we saw in the month of October and in the month of November, this team was still learning themselves. They were trying to get it together, and I think Thunder fans know all the stats now in hindsight about what happened with this group after Thanksgiving but really, in that build-up to Thanksgiving, that was when all the work was being put in. That was the investment. And what was being told to us was this was the time that they had to put in in order to get the dividends later. You can't build chemistry and cohesion without playing, right? I mean, that's the only way that you get through it. And the Thunder really used this time to just build and learn. I mean, they played in so many close games and just put themselves and found themselves in different situations that they learned from each of those. And you could see, although maybe the result didn't show it in terms of wins and losses, you could see steady improvement from game to game, little wins such as, you know, how we're going to handle late game, late clock situations or, you know, winning the free throw battle, those incremental improvements they were making throughout that course of the part of the season. November was a time where really the Thunder took a couple big lumps, also a big loss at Indiana, a big loss at Portland. 
since then, they really have not had very many, if any, of those performances that were just kind of duds that they were not in the game. That's a good transition to kind of go into what the Thunder learned during this part of the season. You mentioned it, big lumps, but also a ton of close games. At that point in the season, after at the end of November, the Thunder had played in nine games decided by five points or less, and they were two of seven in those games. Although the, the score didn't come out the way that they wanted to, one thing that Chris always talked about, Chris Paul was saying, we can win and learn at the same time. We have to battle through these, these parts of adversity and figure out ways to put the ball in the hoop and win the game. A lot of that was talking to himself as a leader, but some of it was also encouragement for his teammates. I think of a guy like SGA who in the month of November – that was a time when he kind of struggled. Uh, he had had such a great start to the season the first couple of weeks, scoring 20-plus points and really putting the ball in the basket. And then teams started to adjust to how they were going to guard him. They were really clogging the paint, trying to take away his driving opportunities. And that's to be expected. A guy in his second year who was taking on much more of a playmaking and scoring role, it was bound to happen that teams were going to move him from being maybe third or fourth on the scouting report to first. And we saw that happen. And during this month, that's when SGA had some growing pains for sure. And when that happened, you had multiple guys that had to step up and kind of take over some more of that scoring. I'm thinking Abdul Nader, who scored 23 points in a loss against Portland late in the late in November. And then also Mike Muscala coming in, going on a little bit of a scoring streak. These We're seeing these guys and their ability to help out whenever the team needs it. These were opportunities for kind of coming out parties for different guys. So, you know, 17 point effort for Darius Baisley in the first game of the month of November against New Orleans. Uh, as you mentioned, Abdul, he had back to back games with really good scoring, uh, also performed quite well in a home win over New Orleans. So, the month was bookended actually by victories over the Pelicans, who the Thunder sweeped this year in four games. And, you know, that was a team that most people projected was going to be in the playoffs. We obviously don't know uh, whether that will end up coming to fruition or not. There's still some time if the season continues on. But uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a, an interesting month in terms of beating some of the teams you're supposed to beat and then coming very close against the two best teams in the Western Conference, which were the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, that stretch against L.A., that West Coast marathon, it seemed like, where they played the Clippers and then a back-to-back against the Lakers. They were both decided by such close margins, and it really showed what this team was capable of. And I think you and I can both agree that the team that we saw in November is a completely different team than what we see now, just in terms of the lessons that they've learned, the cohesion that they've built, and it's really interesting to see the transition that they've made from then to now. It does seem like, though, we did get glimpses one game at a time from this team that look a lot like the team we're seeing now. And the one that I just want to point out, because we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it, was the Philadelphia win at home in overtime. It was a dogfight between two very competitive squads, and the Thunder came out victorious in the extra period thanks to some really great ball movement, execution, and the play that's going to stick out in my mind was a transition drop-off pass from uh, CP3 to Danilo for for a three-pointer that just brought the entire Chesapeake Energy Arena crowd to its feet. Uh, That was a big-time play. It really ignited some confidence for this team, I think. 
And that was the Thunder's first overtime win of the season. And remind everybody at home that the Thunder is still undefeated in all overtime games. So that was a really good indicator of what this team was capable of. And for me personally, in that game, what stood out was Chris Paul. That was the first chance that, you know, Thunder fans got to see Chris really take over in that clutch time. And he started building that foundation of becoming the highest scoring player in clutch time this season. So it was, it's a really good, you know, microcosm of what we could see for the rest of the season. There was a lot of concern of who's they, who are they going to go to down the stretch? And they tried to force feed Danilo for a few games. SGA tried to take over late in games. And it turns out CP3 was the guy all along. Always count on Chris. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is what we were doing on the podcast in November. There were a lot of things happening. And what sticks out to me is the fact that we had Mike Jaws on the pod. We talked about him a little bit. He was going through a little bit of a, a shooting streak, shooting really well. And we had him on the pod. We found out a lot about him during that episode, too. He's a rapper. He's, you know, he's a very interesting guy, pretty dynamic personality. I remember during that month back in November, you know, Mike had had a rough start to the season shooting the ball. And I remember I wrote an article about it, actually, just about him and Dennis's longstanding relationship and being friends since they were both drafted by the Hawks in 2013. I remember Mike was like one of 17 or 19 from three-point range, but he got a pass from Dennis early in that month. And Dennis is standing underneath the hoop after he made the pass and just pointing straight up in the air like, I know this is going in, despite the fact that Mike hadn't made a shot in a couple of weeks. And sure enough, uh, it, it drained down. And I think Mike made three threes that game. So I think we just to illustrate the point, it was still so early in the season. And we still were learning so much about these guys. And, you know, in addition to being a, a high-level rapper, Mike's a streaky shooter too. Yeah, that's that best bud chemistry that they have. I like to think we kind of have that chemistry, guys. No doubt about it. The three best friends anyone could have. It's the power of friendship. It's the power of the pod. On another musical note, we also discovered Danilo Gallinari's anthem, which was easily stuck in our head for the entirety of November. So catchy. Danilo Gallinari. An instant bop, instant classic. And it plays during games, which is even better. Yeah, as soon as those three-pointers drop, that's uh, getting fired up on the sound system. I love it every time. I still give the pod credit for introducing the uh, in-arena crew to that song. I, I, I accept full credit for that. <laughs> Actually, you do, Andy. You, you deserve all the credit for that one. Hey. Oh, wait, did Paris was- find it? It, it, I think it was a joint effort. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, at this point, I don't even remember really how we found it. It just like showed up one day. It just manifested itself into our lives. I'm okay with that. Again, the power of the pod. <laughs> this is a real yeah. thing. Speaking of things that magically appeared in, in front of our eyes, it was a stat that Paris was on top of when it occurred, which was 8,888. That was one of the coolest stats I've ever come across in my Also, the weirdest stat I've come across. It was Danilo Gallinari. His birthday is August 8th, 1988, making it 8888. And then during one of the games in November, 
Danilo hit his 8,888th point. I felt like that was really, really significant to just pass over. Like, whoa, that is, that's an anomaly right there. It's also the reason he wears number eight. So it was, it was really cool. Lucky number eight. During the ninth game of the season. <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs> that would have been Gur eight. Oh. Thanks, Tony the Tiger. We'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> Time for Made You Look. What made us look this week was actually a fun video game that the Thunder put out. It's called Thunder Run, and it really brings back memories of old video games. You can choose your player, and you run for coins, and you jump over other teams' mascots. It's fantastic. And I'm curious, what's everybody's go-to player? Mine is Chris Paul. I go SGA. I mean, he just does a little bit of everything, you know. He can jump some. He's very agile, very uh, crafty. I, I go I went with SGA as well. I started with Steven, but I think his hair uh, was not aerodynamic enough. So I switched over to the crafty Canadian, according to Chris Paul's little pop-up message in the game. And yeah, I, I registered a pretty solid time with SGA. So I'm, I like it. What was it? What was it, Hendy? So I finished with 25 seconds gathering 20 coins. Dang. Good for you, Hindi. It took some practice, Dang. but I did grow up playing Nintendo pretty much all day long. I like playing with each of the guys that's on the game. You know, you, you want to get a little variety, a little spice in your life. And, and so it's fun to play with Chris, Steven, Danilo, Dennis, and Shay. Just give them each a, a turn to go sprinting through the obstacles. Even Dennis's gold patch, they got it perfectly. Wait, well, cool what's your high score on this thing? I think mine was 28 seconds and 19 coins, I think. So, you guys are making me look really, really bad. Mine was not that good at what all. Was it? Oh, so I was going for coins because I thought, you know, get the more coins. That's that's how the game works. So I have yet to break 30 seconds to get below 30 seconds. Do you get injured often? Do you know you get knocked over by the the uh, leprechaun or the rocket? Yeah, yeah, I fall I fall down several Rumble. times. <laughs> the rocket gets me. The rocket, man. That's, I like that's tricky. To jump on top of the rocket and then, you know, bounce Vault you up. Yeah. I have trouble timing my jumps. I don't think I have the same experience you guys have with 8-bit <laughs> games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll put a uh, link to the game in the show notes. So if anybody's listening to this, go check it out. See if you can beat Paris's score, which shouldn't be too hard, or mine or Nick's score, and uh, let us know. Please let Paris, us know. Paris, Hindi and I were born in an 8-bit world. You came into a 4K world, I think. I, I did. I did. Hey, I, I played beautiful. Nintendo 64. <laughs> We've come to that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And Darius did this for all of us this week where he posted a video of him in his home shooting a buzzer beater on what looked like a, like a Nerf hoop or something. And just like what Nick has behind him, and after after he made the shot, he had to do a post game interview. You know, man, I just listen to the official man, you know. 
And it kind of went similarly to what Gallo's post-game interviews normally look like. Got interrupted, but this time Darius went to go wash his hands. It was fantastic. You know what I'm saying? I have to wash my hands every 10 seconds. I, I need to wash my hands right now, so, so I'll be here real quick. Um, I mean, just okay. staying hygienic. It's always smart. I was very interested in the walk-off interview because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look for – you know, any pointers, tips that I can take away, any type of strategic advantages to get the kind of answers that you're looking for in those settings. It was, it was really fun. And he's obviously having a good time with it. Even had like a, a jersey top or a, maybe just like a jersey, a penny on and some real basketball shorts. He was going all in on this. <laughs> Definitely was a, a fun diversion while uh, people are trying to figure out what to do with themselves. I mean, you assume you assume these guys missed playing basketball, but what surprised me was I'm surprised he missed post-game interviews. You know, that's something I never thought players enjoy, but he, he apparently misses you guys more than anything. Who wouldn't, Hindi? Touche. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.